Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the seventh episode of the Overline Sports Layup Line. I am one of your co-hosts, Nathan Kennedy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Nolan Russell. Nolan, how's it going? It's going very well. Playoff playoff basketball is here, so... Playoffs! <laughs> um, yeah. So we're gonna be we're gonna be going over the last two play-in games that have happened in the Eastern Conference already. Uh, we're gonna start it out with the Wizards and Celtics on the back of Jason Tatum's fifty-point performance. Celtics best of the Wizards by eighteen, pushing them in the eight-seed game. Nolan, you you take anything from this game that could be indicative of a uh, future events, whether that be in the eight-seed game or uh, maybe the Celtics' future? Yeah, um, I think from the Brooklyn Nets' perspective, I would be happy that the Celtics won this. Uh, I think the fact that Jalen Brown's hurt doesn't bode well for the Celtics chances in the first round. The Wizards have been playing very well lately. I think in theory, they're a little bit more dangerous of an opponent in a, in a seven game series. So I, I guess as the two seed nets, they're probably, they're probably looking at this as a, as a win for them. They, they have a really good chance of knocking off the Celtics here from the Wizards standpoint. Now they got to go play the Pacers, another team that's had a lot of uh, injury, injury issues lately. Uh, it's unclear who's going to be healthy for them, but, even with uh, Sabonis and Brogdon, that alone is going to make them a dangerous opponent for the Wizards. And with the way like guys like O'Shea Brissett have been playing lately, uh, like that that Pacers team's been been looking very good. So, an eight versus nine matchup, I'm going to stick with the Wizards. I think the Wizards will win that and face off against the Sixers in the first round. But I wouldn't be shocked to see the Pacers pull off the upset there. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised earlier. Uh, you did mention the Canadian O'Shea Brissett, who had a great game uh, in the playing game for the uh, for the Pacers there, 23-5-2 on 33 minutes. Also, shout out Dougie Buckets. Doug McDermott put up 21-3-2 in 26 minutes. Sorry, I love saying his name. Pacers played great, though. Eight scores with over 12-plus points. I mean, great balance throughout the entire lineup. And, I mean, great bench production considering uh, considering their lack of health over the last few months. But, uh, I mean, in terms of the Hornets, I mean, bowed out pretty pretty early. I mean, they weren't really projected to be be there to begin with. I mean, greatly benefited from uh, the play-in situation. But I think even even the little experience from this one game, I think, will go a long way, especially with their young core. Um, I wasn't the highest on that team going in. I really didn't expect them to compete in this game. So, a lot to build on for next season, I guess. Um, considering how young they are, I think they still have a lot of upside. Uh, but the Pacers really dominated from start to finish. I mean, 55% from the field, 45 from three, and 80 from the line. So, I mean, shot super responsibly. Best of them in rebounds by 18, 54 to 36. Um, almost 10 more assists than them. And then uh, we were dominating in the paint all night, uh, 74 to 56 in paint scoring. But if I'm the Wizards, I'm, I don't really have the highest hopes, especially considering how mediocre uh, Westbrook played against the Celtics. Um, kind of inefficient at times, a few bad decisions, but at the end of the day, it was almost a 20 point loss. It's not like it was all up on his shoulders, but I definitely expected him to play better. But I mean, just looking forward to that game, I definitely hold this game in the Pacers favor, especially considering how well that they played against the Hornets. Um, I didn't expect it to be as hand handily um, given a victory uh, to the Pacers, but I think, I think that matchup with the wizards will be kind of indicative of how much they can hold up against uh, the one C that they're going to be impending a matchup with, but it was great to watch. But I mean, I guess we'll, we'll bounce quickly forward to uh, the next games that are on tonight in the Western conference Spurs Grizzlies at seven 30 tonight. What, uh, what should we expect to see from that matchup? Well, you got a veteran team in the Spurs. Well, I guess there's sort of a mix of veterans and young guys, but they're comparatively to the Grizzlies. They're the veteran team here, which usually bodes well for, for playoffs, but I don't know. I think the Grizzlies have a better roster. I think they've been playing a lot better lately. The Spurs have kind of had a very rough stretch to end the season where they went, what, I think one in six in their last seven games. 
So I think the Grizzlies have to be considered the favorites in that matchup, especially after losing in the play in last year. I think they're just going to have that, that extra motivation to, to try to win this time, but never count out a, a Greg Popovich led team in playoff basketball. So this should be a good matchup. Yeah, no, I think it should be a good matchup as well. Um, as you mentioned, they've been playing pretty well for the most part until their loss against the Warriors. They were on a five uh, five game win streak. So I think uh, this should be a pretty interesting game. As you said, it's kind of uh, battling against the Spurs who are kind of a mix of a veteran team and a young team. But I mean, you can't really ever count out a well-coached team i mean especially in today's uh in today's league with how youth driven it is i think good good instillment of uh of fundamentals and team-oriented basketball i think is always important you want to talk about a guy who's kind of knows the grindstone kind of old old mr fundamental much like uh much like his famous big man that he had a few years ago and tim duncan but i mean pop's kind of that guy i mean he's not doesn't really let any situation get the better of him he's always going to keep his team on a level head for the most part as best he can but this game's going to be a great game. Um, I, if I, if I was a betting man, I'd probably also put money on the Grizzlies. I just like the way that they match up, but don't put it past the uh, Spurs to make this game a lot closer than I uh, expected. I would love to see DeMar come out and play well early. I mean, usually when he gets in a groove early he has the possibility to go over 40 pretty easily. So um, I think it'll be a lot of touches through DeMar tonight. But other than that, I think this is kind of this will be the Grizzlies game to kind of prove that they belong as a contending team in the playoffs, whether that be winning this and then playing the losers of the Warriors Lakers, uh, which happens at 10 o'clock just following the end of that game. And I mean, I guess we might as well just bounce forward to that quickly. This is probably very, very, very early, but this is probably going to be the best of the play in games. This was a matchup that I'm going to be honest, I didn't really expect to see given how I expect the Lakers to finish much higher in the West. But I mean, Curry's kind of got them to this point, and I don't really expect that to slow down. I think this game is going to be extremely close. The 10 o'clock start for us Eastern viewers is kind of terrible in the NBA scheduling. I don't know how much credit I'm giving to whatever big man upstairs made that decision, but I mean, it is what it is. But I am going to put the slight edge on the Warriors here. I just think that with the way that they've been playing recently uh, on the back of Curry's unbelievable stretch lately, and also Wiggins great supporting play. I think the Warriors have a shot to really stun the Lakers here and push them to peril um, against the, uh, the eventual loser of the Spurs Grizzlies or sorry, sorry, winner of Spurs Grizzlies. It's, it's tough to really bet against LeBron and AD, but I mean, if anyone's going to do it with this kind of stretch that he's had, I think it is going to be Curry. But do you, do you see anything else going into this matchup? I mean, a lot of, there is trends going both ways, of course. I mean, LeBron coming back fully healthy, heavy reuniting with AD for only, I think, what would be the second or third game that they've had together now, um, at least in the in the recent weeks. But how, how are you feeling going into this matchup? Yeah, I think you've kind of alluded to uh, the concerns with the Lakers right there is the fact that LeBron and AD are still a little cold. It's unclear exactly how healthy they are. They look they look pretty good in their, their past two games, but I don't know if they're they're ready for playoff basketball 100% lots of minutes kind of you know coming off their injuries so that is definitely a concern for me I'm still going to stick with the Lakers here I think they just have a little bit more talent they're obviously they're they've got two stars as opposed to just one for the Warriors which is always a help but from a role player standpoint I also think they have a slight edge here and uh, if the Lakers are fully healthy and ready to compete I think they just have a little bit of an edge but this this could be a good matchup for sure. Uh, anytime you have someone like Steph Curry that can just explode for 50 points, uh, that that's always going to keep you in a game. So I, I'm definitely interested to see how this plays out. And I think regardless of uh, who loses here, I, I like their chances in the, the hypothetical 8-9 matchup. But yeah, I guess... I guess I got to stick with the Lakers here. I, I just think if they're ready to play, they're a better team. So I, I got to stick with that. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, they are they are more of a complete roster as we've seen most of the year. I mean, they do have one of the best second casts in the league. 
Um, and I mean, especially looking at the Warriors have kind of been diminished by injuries most of the year and in a kind of streaky, streaky, healthy stretches from a lot of their key players. I mean, coming in, it's pretty hard to bet against the Lakers. But as I said, if anyone's going to do it and kind of make you a naysayer, I think it would be Steph Curry, especially the way he's been playing recently. But I think come 10 o'clock tonight, I think everyone's going to be very excited to watch the matchup. But I guess we'll we'll skip quickly to the last of the play-ins, which is going to happen tomorrow night at eight, which will be the uh, eventual decided eight seed, which will be between the Indiana Pacers and the uh, and the Washington Wizards. So what uh what are we seeing going into that matchup i know we we alluded to it briefly before we moved on to the western conference matchups but uh do you do you feel any different uh so this is for winner plays the sixers in the first round yeah this is i think a tough matchup uh for either of them if they get through here the hypothetical head-to-head of either of them against the sixers isn't great but from a matchup of wizards versus pacers with the with all the injuries that are currently plaguing the pacers i i think i gotta stick with the wizards here but I wouldn't be shocked to see Washington lose. I think the offense for Indiana has looked really good when uh, when they've been running it through sort of Sabonis, Brogdon, McDermott, and uh, and Brissett. Those guys kind of complement each other really well on the offensive end. I'm a little bit more concerned defensively. At, uh, who's going to match up with Westbrook and Beal? That's that's a concern for sure. I like Brogdon on defense, but you can't guard both of them. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't think McDermott's going to be able to to stop one of them. So. I, who who's who's the guard tj mcconnell do you put him on westbrook i don't know yeah. so that's that's a that's a definitely a, a worry there i would i would love to see the pacers win this but i'm gonna pick the wizards here that that's just where my head's at right now yeah i would i don't know what the situation is with karis lavert because i know he missed the play-in game because of covid um i assume he has to, i assume he won't be coming back i assume he has to go through the mandatory uh two-week uh quarantine i would assume but barring anything crazy i mean i think this this game for me is really a toss-up. I mean, the Wizards got hot at the right time. I think when healthy, the Pacers do have the better team. But I mean, given right now, they, they, they're they pretty riddled in terms of streaky injuries here and there. But I think if I were a betting man, I think I'd also give the uh, the edge to the Wizards. Um, I would really like to see the Pacers come out, especially the performance that they put up yesterday. But I uh, I just don't I don't really see it happening, especially as you mentioned, kind of the the matchup nightmares uh, in the uh, in the backcourt with uh, the combo of Westbrook and Beal with uh, no match on the other side. But I think I think if Westbrook and Beal can kind of counter how they played the other night, I think that they'll do well. I think maybe just spread the ball a little more. I mean, I saw it, especially in the second half of that Wizards game. I mean, Westbrook was kind of trying to play a little bit of hero ball. I've watched it for long enough. I understand what, <laughs> what it looks like when he wants to be the one to score and create himself. But I think if he if he's willing to give up the rock and share the ball, I think especially against a more under undermatched Pacers team, so to speak, in terms of the roster that uh, or the starters that the Wizards are going to come forward with, I think matches up really well for him. So I think it'll just come down to star play. And I think Westbrook and Beal definitely have the potential to blow this out. But I think I'm going to give the edge to the Wizards as well, if I if I had to pick. Yeah, to answer your question, Levert's not going to be able to play. Still has to go through the health and safety protocols. And yeah. obviously, they don't have Miles Turner either, which is another big, big blow to them because his rim protection, it would be really good for negating some of Westbrook's value, like slashing to the rim. But without him in there, I think uh, it, I don't know really what they're going to do to try to slow Westbrook down inside. So I just think this is a, this is not a great matchup for, for the Pacers here. I think the only way the Pacers realistically come out of this one is, is if it just becomes a shootout and they just end up getting wide open perimeter looks all night. They shoot 45% from the field from three all night and they end up banging like 15 or 20 of them. I think that's really the only shot that we're going to see them make it close, but I mean, I don't want to be an naysayer. Anything can happen any given Sunday. I know that's in football, but it basically runs through every sport. So 
Um, and I mean, I guess we did kind of touch on it. Uh, the one verse eight in the East would kind of be the first series that we're going to see. Um, unfortunately, the, the Pacers and Wizards are both going to run into the slaughterhouse against the 76ers. I really don't see that series being pushed any further than five, if that. Um, so I guess I guess that would be our first prediction here. I mean, Sixers versus pending winner of Pacers and Wizards. I think regardless of that, I think I'm going Sixers and five to be safe. Um, I would say with, regardless of which team ends up winning, I, I think they'll steal one game, whether that be a 50-point performance from Beal or Levert comes back off of COVID for the Pacers and ends up lighting it up. Um, but I think this is the Sixers series. This would have to be. I would be really surprised if the Sixers ended up losing this. They're basically every single advantage, whether that be statistically or matchup wise. So I just, this is, yeah, I think this is just basically a walkthrough for them. I, I feel like this is a nice little like shoot around for them going into the next round. Yeah. Another scenario where if, uh, if the Pacers had Turner, it would be a little bit more interesting because he could, he could match up well enough against Embiid on defense, but without him, like, I just don't see anyone stopping him inside. And the Sixers obviously have one of the best defenses in the league. So that combination is just going to be, very dangerous for for a Pacers matchup and the same thing with the Wizards they just don't really have a good rim protector so there's really no one that can slow down Embiid and well you know Beal and Westbrook can can certainly pour on the points on offense uh the Sixers defense is is very deadly and with uh they're just as good on offense so I, I just think this is not really a great matchup for either of those teams I would take the uh the Sixers and five against either of them probably yeah I agree and I mean hey let's give Alex Len a little bit of credit I mean, Alex Len could definitely lock down and beat if you really wanted to. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That is going to get clipped and played everywhere. I'm going to not hear the end of that. But uh, we'll move swiftly on, I guess, to the next series in the East. That'd be two versus seven, the Nets against Celtics. You alluded to it earlier. I think the lack of Jalen Brown, I think, is going to be a bit indicative of how this series is going to go. I mean, he provides so much like dude, on both sides of the ball, really. He ends up being that second or third option wherever he ends up being slot in. Kemba Walker also played a great night. I think he's going to be a big, big matchup against Kyrie. But even then, I mean, I really don't, I really don't know who's going to guard all three of them on the floor now that Jalen Brown's out. I just, I don't know who's going to take that third matchup. And even, even then, I just, I don't really see the Celtics holding up. I just think three horsemen on the nets of uh, Harden, Kyrie, and KD. Even though they've had a small sample size of playing together, I feel like they're, they're good enough in their own superstar right to be able to connect at the right time and. I feel like the playoffs is kind of where the lights shine brightest. And I feel like they're definitely not going to dwindle in, uh, in that. So I think much like the Sixers, I'd say nets in five um, barring any, anything crazy, like an injury or a, a, one of them sitting out here and there, kind of making it easier to match up and game plan against. But even then, I mean, this is just, yeah, this is much like the 76ers against whatever eight seed that happens to be for me. Yeah. I think again, uh, the, the Jalen Brown injury, not only is this going to really hurt them on offense, but I think defensively, he's one of, one of the few guys that could kind of slow down someone like Harden or a Kyrie or even a KD. And without him, it's just like, they don't have enough options to slow those guys down. Sure. You could put Tatum on, on Durant and he can do fine. Uh, you can put Marcus Smart on, on Harden, I guess, and he can, he can do fine again. <laughs> you, you can never really fully slow down those guys, but those are decent individual matchups. But I think, uh, whichever one of the three is, is left uh, being guarded by Kemba is, is going to kind of eat out there, which is probably going to be Kyrie. Yeah. And then you also have to factor in that they have Joe Harris spacing the floor out. And you just you can't collapse your defense because if, if you leave him open, he's just going to hit every shot. So yeah. it's just it's just a matchup nightmare for the Celtics. I'm going to take Brooklyn in four. Uh, I, I think there's going to be a sweep, and this this seems like the sweep, uh, the the largest sweep possibility for me. No one says bring at the brooms. Brooms <laughs> are coming out early in the East. Um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I mean, much like the 76ers series, I basically just kind of threw a, threw a dog a bone, so to speak, with the Pacers or Wizards. I feel like they'll be able to kind of stone-cold Steve Austin stunner them in one of the games. So, uh, yeah, I feel like that could kind of come out of nowhere, much like in the next Celtics if it happens to happen like that. But those teams are just, I, in my mind, just honestly too set out for uh, to end up being in, in an, an inevitable first-round exit. I guess we'll move on to more of a, a tightly contested series. I mean, depending on how you look at it, at least for me. But Bucks versus the Heat. This series has the potential to probably be the best series in the East, in my opinion, at least in the first round. I really like the way that this matches up, at least if I if it's going to match up the way that I think it will. I would love to see a Giannis against Bam matchup the entire series, which I think it'll end up happening like that, given how how athletic Bam is, can kind of guard anywhere three for three through five. So I feel like wherever Giannis ends up being slotted in, I feel like it's likely to happen. But in terms of play style, I mean, I feel like they're very similar. I mean, the Bucs are a very strong defensive team. I mean, much like players on the Heat are, uh, are very efficient on, uh, defensively as well. But even offensively, I feel like the, the matchups are going to be pretty nice. I, I'm a bit scared for the Bucs in terms of, aside from Drew Holiday, who they would have to match up with the rest of their guard talent that they have. But yeah, I don't know. This is tight for me. Um, I'm going to go Bucks in six. Um, this easily has the potential to go to seven games for me. I think it'll just come down to whoever plays well early. And I think, I think the Bucks are just one of those really good two-way teams, much like the Sixers, who will give teams a lot of trouble if they're not having their best night. So I think the Heat are a very talented team. And aside from Victor Oladipo, they're pretty much fully healthy going into the playoffs. So I give them all the credit and potential in the world to basically pull off an upset here. But I think the Bucks are just kind of too impressive for me and have been impressive all, all this throughout this season to kind of lose much like the Nets and the Sixers, but Bucks and six is pretty safe, has the potential to go to seven or even the, the heat to flip the switch. So I don't know how you feel about it. If you share the same view, but go ahead. Yeah. I think old Depot's injury is, is a concern here. I know a lot of people want to want to pick the upset heat because you know, they beat them last year, but I think this is a case where the Bucks have gotten better and the heat have gotten worse. Like last year, you know, as someone that, that watches the Bucks a good amount and is a, is a Bucks fan, I was really worried about the heat. Like I was saying, I think Bucks will win the East as long as they don't play the heat. Like that was, that was the team. Bam Adebayo, just the way he defends Giannis is, is really huge for them. And they always, they had those big wing defenders like Jay Crowder and Jimmy Butler. They just, they were the perfect uh, matchup to foil that Bucks roster the way they played, but the Bucks play a little bit differently. Now they got a little bit more offensive creativity. Drew Holiday is a huge, huge addition for them. Much bigger asset than, uh, uh, Eric Bledsoe was. Bobby Portis is a nice addition off the bench. Bryn Forbes even comes in there, shoots a bunch of threes. Jordan Nwora, like they're just, they're a more well-rounded offensive team this season than they were last year. They play a little bit differently. It's not all just give the ball to Giannis and space the floor. They, ha they have a little bit more uh, free-flowing offense that is going to be a bit more dangerous this year. And I think the loss of Jay Crowder is going to be huge for the Heat as well. He was, he was shooting lights out from three in that series last year. He was also big part of their defense so I'm going to take the Bucks in six I still think this is a, a dangerous matchup for them but I think they're a better team this year and the Heat are not as strong as they were last year so I don't think they match up quite as well as they did last year yeah I mean basically you said everything that needed to be said there um I really do not disagree with any anything you had to say I think uh I think one of the biggest X factors for me coming in will kind of be the development of the youth on the Heat and see how kind of coming into their second chance to to beat the Bucks again, kind of live rent free in their head for a, another year in a row. I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to see Hero and Robinson come out and be very similar to the performances they had last year. As I mentioned, this series kind of just have the, does have the potential to get uh, get the tables turned. But as you said, the Bucks have made improvements where the Heat have kind of fallen short in terms of matchups. I feel like this is kind of in the Bucks' favor. So 
I guess we'll uh, we'll prance quickly over to the last series in the East, that being the New York Knickerbockers, who are finally back in the playoffs against the Atlanta Hawks. I'll let you start this one, though, because I've started the last uh, last three. I want to be uh, a gracious host. Yeah, these two teams must be very happy with their first round matchup. Because <laughs> I think if, you know, if I was the Bucks, I'd much rather play one of these teams than the Heat. So this this is a good this is a good first round matchup for either of these teams to finally get that that elusive playoff win that they've been looking for for a few years now for both of them. Uh, and this should be a really close series. Honestly, I, I think this could be, could be a good one to watch. Uh, I don't really know who I'm leaning with here. I think the, uh, the Knicks finally getting back into the playoffs, having that, that, that fan push will be very interesting to see how that plays out. They're obviously a fantastic defensive team. Tom Thibodeau is, is really good coach. Uh, Julius Randall has been huge for them. They got a lot of depth off the bench. They shoot the ball pretty well. So they're, they're, you know, you look at the Knicks as a, as a team, you know, just they don't stand out uh, on paper, but they've, they've been fantastic all season. So you, you can't count them out here. Uh, I think I'm going to go the Hawks in seven. The Hawks have a little bit more, a little bit more depth. I think they've been playing better in the second half of the season since Bogdanovich got healthy. They added Nate McMillan as a new coach. I think he's helped uh, bring in a little bit of a different system uh, on both ends just to just to make better uh, use of their assets there. I've really liked Clint Capella, and obviously the Knicks are missing Mitch Robinson, which which is a bit of a loss for them. Nerlens Noel has kind of stepped up and, and played really well in that in that role, but I, I think the Hawks just have a little bit more talent all around right now, and it's it's going to be a good series, but I think a seven-game seven game series, I'll take the Hawks. I, I just think Hawks in seven, that feels, that feels right to me. All right, well, I... Exciting to know this will be the first time that we defer today. Um, I'm going Nixon seven. I'm going Nixon seven strictly on the back of Julius Randle carrying the campaign that he's had into the playoffs, uh, hopefully joined by the impressive play of Emmanuel quickly as well. And Derek Rose's six man of the year campaign. Very, very, um, I guess, ambitious, so to speak, to call him that. But he is in our uh, in our predicted uh, top 10. We'll get to that uh, in the next episode, actually. But I just like the way the Knicks have been playing. I mean, not not the greatest record down the stretch. I think there's something like four and four or five and four in their last nine. But I mean, if there's any if there's any stage and any time for the Knicks to kind of finally step up and say that they're back to winning basketball, I feel like this is kind of the year. And especially given everything that's been going on, all the hype on social media with the Knicks finally clinching, I, I saw endless videos for weeks of Knicks fans running throughout the streets saying they're back. Knicks fans are back. New York basketball is back. Um, I think the biggest X factor on both sides, I mean, it's pretty, pretty obvious is going to be Trey Young and uh, Julius Randle, but... I think Trey Young definitely has that kind of Curry potential where if he gets hot early in the series, I feel like it could just be the Trey Young show and this series could be a lot more of a wash than I give it credit for. But I uh, I think these teams match up pretty well. I mean, you alluded to the slight slight depth uh, advantage that the Hawks happen to have. I mean, you could if Mitch Robinson was healthy, I think I could argue it the other way as well. I just think his the lack of having him, I kind of ruins their uh, their back or front court depth. Um, but as you said, Nerlens Noel has kind of come in, uh, alleviated a lot of that pressure. Um, in the front court. So I think, I think it's still a good matchup. I think it's kind of a toss up either way for me. I don't think it's as indicative uh, of a series as the other three in the East are also given by the fact that we also stretch it to seven games for both of our sides, but yeah, I'm going to say Nixon seven, you got Hawks in seven. So I guess that'll be our first uh, difference. So we'll, uh, we'll skip over to the, uh, the, over the West here. So, so we have the jazz against the winner of what, whoever the loser is between the Warriors and Lakers. And then the winner of the Grizzlies Spurs game. So we might as well, I guess, predict the two playing games so we can have an opponent for the Jazz. Yeah, I think we, 
we kind of differed on that, right? You had Warriors at seven. I had uh, Lakers at seven. And then we both said Grizzlies would, would beat the Spurs. Are we both saying Grizzlies lose? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I said I said Grizzlies would win. Like, do you think Grizzlies beat the Lakers? That was your hypothetical eight, eight matchup there? Uh, I would say no. I, I, I just think the Lakers, if they were to lose the Warriors, I feel like they're still kind of just set out for a spot. Although, again, I wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies won. Um, but I guess, I guess for the sake of this, I guess I would say a Lakers win. So I guess the Lakers would be my eight seed. Yeah. I, w- I would love to see the Grizzlies get in. And I, I definitely don't think it's out of the question, but in my matchup, I, I'll, I'll take the Warriors over the Grizzlies. So I guess we, we have different, different hypothetical series here, but let's just uh jazz versus Lakers, jazz versus Warriors, just kind of quickly talk about each of them. So we'll start okay. jazz versus Lakers. What do you see uh, in that match? Well, this is I mean, we were talking about it before the podcast started. This is kind of one of the last series I would have expected to see, especially this early. This is like kind of a Western Conference final matchup, at least at the beginning of the season. Um, If I'm the Jazz, I'm pissed. I'm I'm pissed that I have to play LeBron and Anthony Davis in the first round and I get no break from the regular season. Um, This one's really hard for me to call, to be honest. And we were talking about it too, how how possibly inconsistent we could see AD and LeBron's at least chemistry filling back in with the team coming off an injury, how that may play out. But I mean, there are still LeBron and Anthony Davis. I mean, it's so hard to bet bet against their individual talent, but again, on the other side, one of the best defensive teams in basketball. Yeah. This one's really hard for me. I'm going to go jazz in six. This could easily be the other way as well. I just think given the health of their team throughout the entire year, given the situation that they've put themselves in, given Quinn Snyder's drives, I guess he's made with the team because a lot of guys are having the best years of their career. He's kind of just getting the best out of that roster right now. So, I mean, I'm going to ride with the hot hand. I'm going to say jazz in six. This could easily be Lakers the other way. It's so hard to call. I almost want to say jazz in seven. I feel like it's almost more reasonable than jazz in six, but I'm going to, I'm going to stay with jazz in six, even though it is still the LeBron and Anthony Davis effect. I just, I don't know. This is just so crazy. I really thought I would be the one trying to convince you into taking the jazz here. I I didn't think you'd be uh, on the same page with me, but I'm also going to say jazz in six. I just think the Lakers uh, have too many question marks for me and the jazz have been fantastic all season. I just, I like the way they play on both ends of the court. They've got a ton of bench depth with uh, arguably the two best bench players in the league and Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles. I've really liked uh, Derek Favors down low. Obviously, their starting five is fantastic. Any one of those guys can can kind of go off on offense, except, you know, I guess maybe not O'Neal and Gobert that much, but those two are fantastic defensively. So you've really got a, a very balanced roster on their team. The potential matchup here, imagine being rewarded for finishing first by having to play LeBron and AD in the first round, defending champs. That's yeah, it's uh, like it's like being handed that old uh, electric stick of gum in elementary school. It's like, oh, I got you some gum. And then you grab it and you have like your little mini like spasm with your fingers because you're grabbing just straight electricity. But <laughs> I mean, for the viewers at home, I don't know if you'll get that reference. I assume that we all kind of the same childhood for those who grew up in the 2000s. So I don't know. I may be, I may be stretching. I did, there, not, but... I did not get it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um. No, this series, this series definitely, as I said, has the potential to go the other way. I mean, really, the Lakers could have just been pulling the wool over our eyes this whole time, like LeBron nursing this ankle for like a, a month and a half just to come back and throw back put or throw down put back lobs like he'd never left. So if that's indicative of anything, this is easily going to go to seven. In my mind, I say Jazz in six just because of what I've seen and the and the sample size in the regular season of their entirely healthy core, but. I, I don't know. This this is going to be probably the most tantalizing uh, matchup in the West. I mean, I would say, honestly, aside from our 
I guess the third series that we're going to talk about that being the Nuggets and Blazers, but I guess we'll get to that in a few. Barring anything else we want to talk about, we could skip over to Suns yeah. and I guess what would be my Warriors and your Lakers, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I guess we, we didn't talk about Jazz versus Warriors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Jazz versus Warriors. Yeah, you go ahead. So, yeah, and that one, I, I'm even more confident in the Jazz. I'd say I'll take Jazz in five. I think uh, Steph could Steph is capable of going off, but I think the, the Jazz have a really great defensive uh, system and roster. Mike Conley is one of, one of the guys that can kind of irritate him a little bit. And, you know, I'll count on Steph to have one massive game that he, he just wills that team to victory, but I don't see him. I don't see him doing it four to seven. So, I'll take Jazz and five in that matchup. Yeah, I I don't want to sound too chalk with it and go off your picks as well, but I was also thinking Jazz and five. Um, as much as I'd love to give the Curry effect more credit, as you said, I think he will steal a game or even two, possibly. I mean, the Jazz just in terms of their matchup, I just it's a terrible matchup for the Warriors. I mean, the the injuries are one thing, but again, just depth and given the talent that they have on both sides of the ball and on both ends of their roster, that being their starters and the bench. I mean, it's just kind of a matchup nightmare for the Warriors roster right now. Um. And again, given how well coached they are on both sides of the ball with with the exceeding amount of talent they have both on the inside and outside, they're really, I don't think there's a situation where the Warriors come out on top. Again, we've seen situations like this where, where a LeBron with basically a varsity team will this team to an NBA Finals. So I wouldn't be surprised if Curry did something something like that in a first round matchup. But yeah, this, this kind of has to be Jazz and five for me. I mean, they've shown me too much to kind of show me the other side of it, so to speak, where they may choke something like this. Yeah, I think the one concern is just if the Warriors play small ball kind of style and just, you know, maybe play Draymond at center and just keep setting screens for Curry using Draymond and trying to force Gobert out onto the perimeter, that could, that could uh, create some damage, but you know, that obviously leaves them to some weaknesses as well. Like they're not going to grab any boards and I don't like uh, Draymond guarding Gobert, even though, you know, Gobert is not the most talented offensive player. He's still got (laughs) quite a bit of size on, on Draymond. So I just think uh, even if, even if they, exploit some advantages here there's going to be equally amounts of disadvantages that are going to be used against them so i i just think utah has the better roster overall and i can't i can't see the the warriors pulling off an upset here yeah i i totally agree so we'll bounce over to i guess our next two hypothetical series considering that we had differing uh differing matchups in the one verse eight series so i guess my two verse seven would be suns and warriors and then yours would be suns and lakers yeah Okay, so I guess we'll start with you. Ah, so Suns and Lakers, we'll start with, and I'll get and I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, the Suns and Jazz. I feel bad for both these teams, man. Who knew that the the three and four seed would end up being the the spot to be in the, in this playoffs? And I, yeah. I think I think playing the Lakers in the first round is obviously not great for. So I guess we'll yeah we'll start with Suns versus Lakers hypothetical matchup. And as much as I love this Suns team, I think this is a a dangerous opponent for them. I don't I don't love uh their chances of stopping AD with, with any specific player. I don't, I think Aiden's a little too, a little too slow and and just not quite aggressive enough to, to battle with AD. And uh, you know, as much as I like bridges as a defender, he's just not strong enough to, to take him. Uh, They do have Jay Crowder who will most likely guard LeBron. I guess him and bridges will kind of alternate on LeBron, but you could throw Crowder on AD, but again, I still think he he doesn't quite have the size that you want in there. And we kind of saw that play out in the in the finals last year. So yeah, I don't I don't think this is a great defensive matchup for the Suns. And offensively, yeah, you got Paul, you got Booker, you got a lot of great role players. Even Aiden's another you know, guy that can kind of go off. But I, I see the Lakers having just as much offensive talent with uh, obviously LeBron and AD, but even even Schroeder and Harrell, uh, 
again, it's it's another thing where we don't know how healthy LeBron is. Even AD is kind of questionable as to how healthy he is. So, you know, maybe if you want, if you're going to play the Lakers, the first round is probably the best the best spot to play them to potentially beat them because we don't know how ready they are at this exact moment. But I still think this is a this is a bad matchup for the Suns. So I would take Lakers in in seven. Yeah, I would I would completely agree. I mean, much like the Jazz and the hypothetical one versus eight that I had. I mean, if you're the Suns again, I'm I'm pissed if I end up getting this bad luck of a draw. Um, I'm all, I'm gonna say Lakers in seven. I think the Suns are gonna push them to the limit regardless. I think especially off the performance they've had this year. I mean, Monty Williams has really kind of revamped that team alongside Chris Paul, who's a new addition, but. I, uh, I like what the Suns have been doing this year. I mean, they're kind of, they're really building from depth aside from Chris Paul. Um, and I mean, their slow maturity throughout this year is starting to show. I mean, Aiton's game has started to develop. I mean, Booker's, I mean, continuing to shine as one of the best scorers in the league. Um, in terms of matchup wise, I, I think this is probably one of the worst in terms of stylistic matchups they could have gotten. I mean, as you said, there's really going to be no answer for AD. And even if Aiton ends up playing out of his shoes, I mean, what are you going to do about LeBron? I mean, Booker's too small. Booker's too small for him. Aiton's too big on a switch. So, I mean, aside from Jay Crowder, as you said, I really don't think that there's much of an answer. So, barring Devin Booker having a few 45 to 50 point games alongside of Chris Paul, 20 and 10, I mean, I think this is really the Lakers series, as unfortunate as it sounds with the success the Suns have had this year. Although, on the flip side of that coin, if we, in the first few games, see that the Lakers aren't the most comfortable in their situation, well, I guess with them, with AD and LeBron returning uh, to full health, this could easily go the other way. But, I mean, I guess for now, uh, given the matchup, given what's going on, given LeBron and Anthony Davis are back in whatever health they may be in, I think it's still the Lakers series, so I'm going to say Lakers in seven. So now Warriors versus Suns. I think this is a, a better hypothetical matchup for the Warriors with uh, with Curry than the Jazz were, but I still think this is a, a loss for them. I would probably go Suns and Six. Yeah, I was I was gonna say the exact same thing. I feel like I'm kind of just riding your coattails on these, but I mean, as as much better as this is for the Suns, I still think that I, the Warriors are still dangerous. They're a very similar team. Um, but yeah, I think this this fares much better for them than the Lakers would. I think the Lakers just pose a lot more problems for them defensively than the Warriors do. And I actually really like the matchup of Chris Paul against Curry. I think that's probably one of the better ones that they could get in the first round. So I think that matchup alone, if if Chris Paul in uh, in in his uh, in his state right now is enough to guard guard Curry and kind of neutralize him to the best of his abilities, I think that's really that's going to be very indicative of the Suns' success in the first round. I'm going to say Suns in six as well. I would say honestly, even possibly for Suns in five, given the strength of their roster and how well coached they were this year, and as I said, the strides that they've made. But again, look for Curry to steal a game or two. Have have the nights where he's just untouchable because he kind of has that takeover factor that not many players in the league have. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say Suns in six. And yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to take the next one then, Nuggets and Blazers? Yeah, just quickly off of that, like I think the th- the thing with the Warriors this year is the fact that you know Curry can go out there and score 30, 30 points a game in this series, and they could still lose because they just yeah. they don't have anyone else on offense really. Wiggins has been you know an okay scorer, um, but he's not really your ideal second option. And obviously Draymond, I like Draymond, uh, his playmaking ability and his ability to set screens and. Uh, create matchup problems but that really works a lot better when he actually has more offensive weapons around him uh, as opposed to just curry so uh, i don't know i just don't think this this warriors team has has the depth to to compete with the suns but uh like you said curry curry could steal a game or two for them so that's why i said suns and six yeah so we'll bounce over to probably 
I would say barring anything crazy happening in the one through eight, two through seven, like it's very possible to happen. We have, we don't even know what the matchups are at this point, but Nuggets Blazers is sure to be probably my favorite series in the West, at least just the way that it's going to match up. It's unfortunate that the Nuggets are going to be without Jamal Murray. I don't know when he's, if he's even timetable to return at some point in the postseason. I doubt he is. No, that's even a possibility really. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I figured. I really like this matchup. This is going to be most people's consensus number one MVP candidate in Nicole Jokic facing off against uh, Damian Dame Time Lillard. Um, I really like this matchup. I think that this is probably going to be one of the more entertaining series in the playoffs, let alone just in the West. Um, But this one honestly is pretty clear cut for me. I mean, as much as I like the Blazers and what they bring to the table um, with their backcourt scoring, I just think the Nuggets stylistically and in terms of size, what they're going to bring to the table and the amount of variety that they have in what kind of sets they can run in their defensive depth. There, there really isn't much that the Blazers can do to hold up. I'm going to say Nuggets in five. I would give the Blazers a bit more credit. I just think one through five, there's just there are a lot of guys who can be plugged in throughout the series based on how they're playing or what kind of adjustments they're making based on what the Blazers bring out. But there's a lot more positives for the Nuggets heading in in terms of matchups than uh, than the Blazers would like. So I feel like that's just going to kind of surmount them here. Yeah, I'm going to give the Blazers a little bit more credit. I think without Jamal Murray, that's problematic for the Nuggets. They've played pretty well without him, though, like down the stretch. They've, they've actually played very well since he got out but playoff basketball is kind of where Murray's at his best in recent years and I don't know if they can fully replicate his value uh, without him Campazzo's kind of you know stepped up and played pretty well and they've got Monte Morris that's kind of taken on a bit of a bigger role and so they they do have guys that can kind of still take over on the perimeter and Michael Porter Jr. of course has has really come into his own this year and has become a, a really good second option since the Murray injury but I, yeah that's that's definitely something that that concerns me quite a lot I'm going to say Nuggets in seven. I think the big edge that they have here is the fact that the Blazers are terrible defensively. They actually had the second worst defense in the league. It's very rare for a team that's that bad defensively to actually make the playoffs. And that really just speaks volumes about how good Dame and this offense is. But like, yeah, I don't know. Defense is, is an important part of the game. And if if you're not defending well, that's that's never going to bode well for your chances in the playoff series. So uh, even without Jamal Murray, I still think the Nuggets have a little bit of an edge here. I think Jokic is uh is gonna have a great series, and yeah, I'll go Nuggets in seven. I think that that seems like a very real possibility here. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree that it could definitely go the distance. I mean, it's a tale as old as time. I mean, defense wins championships, and as good as the Blazers are, they're not gonna be able to outscore every team, especially with one as uh, as deep and diverse as the Nuggets are. But I mean, you brought it up. MPJ has really kind of stepped into his role in his first fully healthy season, so to speak. So I think he's gonna be kind of kind of a dark horse for them depending on how he plays i think he could kind of replicate a, a jamal murray effect so to speak i think depending on who they put on him i think he has the potential to have a big series and kind of set the tone for them going through the rest of the playoffs um but i think that that matchup of dame against it'll probably uh Campazzo will not yeah i, I suppose Campazzo will probably get most yeah of and if and a few other guys i assume will rotate to cover defensive defensive situations as well given or throughout the game as they make subs but i uh I, I really like the matchup. I think the Blazers have the chance, much like the Curry effect, for Dame to steal a game or two. Um, I, I think this is going to be the start of a really big playoff campaign for Jokic. I, I just really like what they bring to the table. 
the amount of pieces that they have to kind of, as I mentioned, like create variability and kind of keep keep the Blazers on their toes and especially not one of the better defensive teams having to always adjust. It's going to be really important for their success. I think it's going to be very indicative of why I think the series is going to end earlier than expected. And then last series is Clippers versus Mavs, rematch of last year's first round series. That one went the distance, right? They, they went to seven, yeah, last year. Yeah. So Clippers should be a good series top. again, hopefully. I think, I think it will be. You could see this being, I don't want to speak too soon on this, but I think this could be one of the games that's kind of the passing of the torch although the Mavs I think are a bit under undermanned so to speak in terms of matchups against uh, the talent that the Clippers have I think the Mavs have a very very big chance of kind of coming out and and putting up a very shocking performance in this series it would be on the back of Luca and a bit of his supporting cast but I I really like the way he's been playing recently there have been very, uh, many memeable clips of him uh, kind of going a bit irate at times with some unjustified fouls but and put aside the social media BS. I mean, he's been playing really stellar on the court, having one of the best seasons he's had. Uh, I mean, very high in the MVP race on most people's list. So he's really done everything asked, I think, especially going to the postseason. He's getting hot at the right time, kind of finding his groove, especially with that uh, with that team and with that core that they have. Again, on the flip side of that, though, you have a very strong and very well-coached Clippers team. Even defensively, they had a lot of talent to begin with. They're, they've really started to hunker down and prove themselves as one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think this series is going to be very interesting. I mean, four versus five for the most part are usually pretty tight as we, as was indicative when we predicted the night, the next uh, Hawks series. But I think if I were to give a slight edge, I think it's to the Clippers, but if I'm kind of predicting who I think is going to win based off of recent experience and based off of kind of the revenge mantra and Lucas kind of passing in the torch times, I think I'm going to go Mavs in seven. I think this will be one of the only other series that we defer in at least outcome, maybe not games, but I I just like the way Luca's been playing lately, and I think he's getting hot at the right time. I think this is kind of his opportunity to stake his claim in terms of the upper echelon of the league and kind of solidify that he's going to be the guy coming up, and I think this is the perfect time to do it, and I think he's going to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, I love the Mavericks. I would love to see them win this series. Uh, Porzingis is definitely a big X factor for them. He's been healthy the past few weeks, and he's played really well, and the team as a whole has, has gotten better over that span, but I don't know. I think the Clippers are, are really good this season. I think Kawhi is kind of a man on a mission once again, much like what we saw with uh, with him when he was on the Raptors. I think this is a dangerous series for Dallas. I'd love to see them get through here, but I don't know. I think I think the Clippers just have their number, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Clippers in five. Jeez, Clippers in five. I mean, yeah. I I guess matchup wise, they are in terms of their roster strength, they are a lot stronger and deeper of a team. Um, I know, I think it was the last time I looked, I think the Clippers were at least top five and not top three in bench scoring, if I'm not wrong. I think uh, that was probably like just under a month ago now, but I know that they're a very, they're a very well-spread team aside from Kawhi. As you mentioned, I think Porzingis is going to be a big X factor. I mean, because a guy like that kind of provides endless possibilities if he's playing well, especially in his groove, you can kind of feed it to him at really any point on the floor and he can kind of create. So especially being able to take a little bit of weight off Luca, allow him to play off ball, get open on his own, possibly exploit some other mismatches throughout the game. So I, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see how that dynamic plays out between the two of them. If, uh, if Porzingis ends up keeping up his play in the playoffs, I think it'll be a lot tighter than people think. But honestly, I, I can't really argue with the Clippers in five. I mean, on paper, they're, they are a much stronger team. So I guess it'll come down to seeing how they play game one to be a bit more indicative of the series. But yeah, I'm, I think the Western Conference is going to be kind of a shit show, for lack of a better word. I think we're going to see a lot yeah. of, uh, we're going to see a lot of kind of shocking, shocking situations occur in the next few days. Yeah, the West, really, any one of these series, I think, could go either way. Like, even even though I'm picking Clippers in five, I think uh, the Mavs could win this series. I I just have a feeling that Paul George is going to be really pissed off 
and he's going to want to prove the doubters wrong after you know a disappointing showing last year. <laughs> I think he's going to be pissed. I think Kawhi's going to be uh, looking to to prove everyone wrong as well. And this Clippers team is just a little bit stronger than the one last year, and a little bit more motivated. Uh, they got more cohesion, I think. So I don't know. I I just I feel like the Clippers are going to come out in the playoffs and and really look to silence the haters. And I think they're going to come out really strong against Dallas, and that's why I have them in five. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, uh, Dallas is definitely not a pushover. They're a really good basketball team, so it could definitely go in their favor. Yeah, for sure. Just I guess before we wrap up here, I did want to do something a little short. So we'll go back over the series. We'll give one – you have one sentence to describe the outcome of the series or the X factor of the series. So we'll start with 76ers versus the winner of the Pacers and the Wizards. So what do you got? Joel Embiid. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, sorry, it's a sentence, right? <laughs> I mean, or X. I said or X factor. I mean, that's a very valid answer. I mean, there's on either on either team, there's going to be no matchup with the lack of Miles. Turner. Yeah, no matchup for Embiid. That's that's my sentence. I'm going to say just what the doctor ordered, just for just to be a little bit punny. But I think, as I said, this is kind of going to be a bit of a warm up series for them with whoever they end up playing. I guess they would play. Would they play the winner of the Knicks or Hawks series, or would it be Bucks Heat? Uh, they would play the winner of the Hawks series. I think this will kind of be a nice little warm up for them. I mean, again, not to completely discredit the Pacers or the Wizards, just I just don't think they match up well at all. So yeah, I think this series is, for lack of a better word, just what the doctor ordered to get them warmed up and get them get them confident going into a, a very more contentious second round matchup, so to speak. So we'll go to Nets versus Celtics. Yeah, I guess uh, do you want to do you want to start or do you want me to start? No, Jalen Brown will make Celtics fans frown. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, very very valid, very very valid. I'm gonna say the not so lucky Irish. I think. I think not only having the big three, but also, I guess, Kyrie's Kyrie's return to Boston in a playoff form. I feel like this is kind of the recipe for disaster for the Celtics, especially with them missing Jalen Brown, as you said. So I would say the non-luck of the Irish, just because much like the Pacers or Wizards, whoever end up uh, playing the 76ers, I feel like the Celtics are just very outmatched. Um, yeah, well, I guess we might as well just do this quick. So we'll move on to uh, the Bucks and the Heat. What a difference a year can make. That's my sentence. I mean, yeah, just made made strides to right, right or wrong, so to speak. I would say um, I don't give a buck. <laughs> I would say I don't really buy into external hype is more so what I'm behind with saying that just because I understand that people kind of want to ride the hot hand. Uh, no pun intended with them being called the heat, but a lot of people like to kind of bet the trendy team and bet the underdog a lot of the times. And I feel like a heat, the heat are a very easy team to root for. Um especially given the circumstance with a lot of the young talent that they have and a lot of the promising pieces they have and polarizing talent. But I just, this is kind of the Bucks series, as we both mentioned, they, they just made improvements everywhere necessary. And I mean, kind of made the right steps to better themselves from last year. Yeah. This is their, uh, this is their kind of revenge tour, like a pretty much exact revenge tour for what happened last year. And I'm going to, I guess I'll do the last one. Uh, the Knickerbockers will clip the wings. And I know you had the Hawks, but I mean, this, this just, this has to be, this has to be a match made in heaven. This has to be a Knicks first round win. This has to be the first year that the Knicks are back in playoff basketball, having a really, really, really good hard earned first round victory against a good Hawks team. And really they're going to have to play the 76ers. So they're going to have to give it all they got. So I feel like this, this much like the Sixers against the Pacers and Wizards could be a really nice setup for them to build momentum. So the Knickerbockers will trim the wings of the Atlanta Hawks. 
I think the key to this series is going to be the fact that the Hawks have several players that can go off on any given night and the Knicks don't. And I think that's going to be the difference here. So to, to say that more concisely, more balanced depth offensively is going to be the key here. All right. All right. So mine's Jazz versus Warriors. And I think the sentence that I will choose is a talented team will be a talented individual. I like that. You a poet? <laughs> Mine for this is, for those of you who have watched the B movie, you like jazz? Um, <laughs> I had to. It, I feel really stupid saying that now. Um, I can't wait to be told about that tonight when when I hear people listening to this. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, as much as I predicted this to be the Lakers um, as the eventual uh, matchup here in the 1v8, I just as much as I want to bet the Lakers and it's, it's so hard to bet against LeBron and I really don't want to, but if there's any situation that I'm going to do it, it, this will be the only situation. The jazz have just given me no indication that they're going to slow down. They've been arguably the best team in basketball all season and have had very few mitigating injuries aside from Donovan Mitchell. So, I mean, this is, this is really the jazz series to lose and we will all be proven as to why we should like jazz. And then I guess we'll go, uh, mine will be Suns versus warriors. David versus Goliath. Because really, if I'm Steph Curry, aside from some strong performances from Andrew Wiggins here and there down the stretch, I'm really doing it on my own. I mean, he's really the only facet of that. Well, at least one of the only facets of that offense, aside from Draymond Green's uh, ability to create both on and off the ball at times. Uh, but really, the success of the Warriors, as we've as we've mentioned, has kind of gone through Curry all season. So, I mean, they're only going to really go as far as Curry's going to take them. And I think Curry's just going to unfortunately run into a brick wall here as much as I would like them to contend against the Suns. It's just not very likely in my mind. So I guess it's David versus Goliath. And unfortunately, Goliath is going to kick the piss out of David. Yeah, I've got Lakers versus Suns. So for mine, it's Goliath versus Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> I think Goliath will win. Um, <laughs> Me, that's a that's a fair take. I, I, I would bet on that. I think betting against LeBron in round one is, is not a good recipe for success. So I think... Just as much as I love the Suns, I, I got to stick with the Lakers here. No, I mean, yeah, you can't really knock that. I mean, we mentioned it, but I mean, if you're the Jazz or the Suns, I think regardless of whatever the outcome is of these games, even if the Grizzlies or Spurs happens to be the ones to come out for whatever reason, you're going to be left with the Warriors or the Lakers. So, I mean, neither of them are really a walk in the park on most nights. So not the best balance out of these playing playing games, but I guess we'll see what happens after tonight. Could you imagine um, if the Lakers missed the playoffs altogether, though? I mean, bye bye play in tournament, right? Like that, it's yeah. gone if the Lakers miss the playoffs. For sure, no, the for controversy. sure. It goes right to Adam Silver. He's like, this didn't work. Just make it, make it eight teams. Don't even give the play in. Yeah, LeBron um, would be pissed. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but then he'd, he'd probably turn up with Drake tomorrow night, and they'd have a few cigars and a few samosas, and he'd forget about it eventually. Hey, he just finished Space Jam too. Too, he's got a lot going on. All right, uh, next series we got Nuggets and Blazers. Mom, don't burn the Nuggets. no um seriously though i think this this is just going to come down to depth i think i mean i can't really put it into a sentence but i mean the nuggets are just a complete team i mean uh given the given the loss of jamal murray i mean this is probably going to be the biggest biggest plus in the blazers column so to speak i mean damian lillard really isn't gonna i don't want to say one of much stop but i mean i wouldn't say composo is really the best the best fitted uh, matchup to kind of neutralize Damian Lillard. So I think it'll, it'll just come down to how well Dame plays against the rest of the, uh, the rest of the core of the nuggets. So yeah, I guess, yeah, sure. Mom, mom, don't burn the nuggets. I don't know. Defensively. I actually kind of like the Campazo matchup on Dame, just the way he plays defense. He's very feisty in your face. 
he's kind of the the he's i don't know he's just the irritant you know he's kind of the the perfect matchup for someone like a dame or even like a steph of a guy that's really shifty and likes to use screens because capazzo can just he's very quick laterally he has quick hands can strip the ball when you're you're trying to go through screens so it's actually kind of not an ideal matchup from dame but i guess if i if i was to go for a sentence here i think Jokic is going to prove why he's the MVP. This will be the exclamation point on his MVP case. So, so what are we saying stat line? Like 28, 11, and 9? That sounds about right. Yeah. I could see it being 28, 12, and 8 or something like that. He'll be, he'll be around a triple-double, probably high, high 20s, uh, low 10s in rebounds. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah, I think uh... – yeah, I, I do agree. I think especially with the last few weeks of uh, of how how sort of how well the we the media's done of kind of a, not a, not necessarily intentionally attempting to discredit Jokic, but it, but throwing other MVP names in the hats based off recent performance. I think Jokic, Jokic is kind of going to show them why he is the deserved winner of the award this year. Um, and I guess Clippers versus Mavs. I mean, this is one of the tighter series we've had. I think much like Jokic, I think I think my sentence would have something to do with Kawhi as well. I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like even, even thinking about my pick again, I mean, even picking the Mavs, just thinking about like Kawhi and Paul George coming back, especially after last year. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting second thoughts. I can't lie. I'm getting buyer's regret. All right. My sentence will be playoff P this time for real. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I was thinking some along the lines of playoff P. If he, if he makes more threes than he hits backboards, I think they're in a good spot. That would be a good start. Yeah. <laughs> I think not giving not giving the internet another serviceable clip to be able to replay after every good game he has for the next four years, I think would definitely be a good start. You know what? I'm going to change my pick. Looking at it again, I'm going to go Clippers in seven. I was Mavs in seven. I think I'm going to attempt to come to my senses, so to speak. Not that I don't think the Mavs are undeserving of the of the win by any means, but I just think the Clippers, upon looking at it again, I just kind of like the way that they match up. And I think Kawhi is... I mean, in most regards, one of the best, if not the best defensive uh, small forward in the league. And I feel like him matching up against Luca will be kind of his, I don't want to say his kryptonite because Luca will still be Luca, but I think it'll be the best shot at the, the Clippers will have at neutralizing him. So I guess with that in mind, my headline would be playoff P and friends surge again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that would, that would, I don't know how you would, uh, I guess, put that into text, but however that works its way out, I guess, I guess that's how it is. But also uh, biggest, biggest X factor slash dark horse for any, any of these series, any of these teams, biggest playoff performer you can predict. Of any of the series? Any, any of the series, any of the players, any of the plans. I think Drew Holiday will be the biggest X factor for the Bucks in their first round. He's going to be the difference between last year and this year. I like that. Um, I guess my mine. I'll go in the uh, I'll go in the West. I'm going to say Michael Porter Jr. Um, I think with the lack of uh, Jamal Murray, I think he's going to have the chance to really step up and solidify himself uh, in that core as a possible second or even third option when Murray comes back healthy. Um, but I mean, he has he has all the potential in the world to have a great series. Um, I think regardless regardless of who he's matched up against, I really don't think that there's anyone that can kind of. In terms of pound for pound with his size, that'll be able to neutralize him the entire game. I feel like, especially on switches, he's going to be able to dominate. So I think he's definitely going to be kind of important to mitigating the success of Dame and the Blazers throughout the series. So depending on how well he's playing, I think it's either going to be a handle, handy win uh, for the Nuggets or it's going to make it a lot more contested. So yeah, I, I'd say Michael Porter Jr. All right. I think that, that, will, that will do it for this episode. I think that will do it. Um, well, we thank you all for listening. That was our seventh episode. Uh, I think we're about to just hop into our eighth tier, talking about our, our finalized award brackets that you guys will eventually be able to vote on. So when we figure that out, we will post about it on our Instagram. Um, 
and I guess besides that, uh, our basketball department's working on a lot of pieces coming out soon. How do we have anyone releasing? I assume in the next few days for some of the series. Yeah, tomorrow I think I got one. I have to edit right now. So. Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah, so we'll have a few articles coming out on the upcoming NBA uh, playoff series once the plans are finalized, of course. And yeah, be sure to watch for our next episode following the posting of this one. This one will probably go out tonight or tomorrow. So just be on the lookout for that. And besides that, uh, have a good night. Pop in next time we upload and make your layups.